I'm going to read just uh, one verse here from Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to just try to talk to you a little bit this morning. Uh, to be honest, I value the day sessions because it's just an opportunity to uh, transfer some things and uh, teach us some things. And and uh, I think uh, <clears throat> I think uh, I think we need that sometimes. Uh, we don't go through anything, even as leaders, that uh, not is uh, is not common to men. Uh, it's things that uh, others have been through. And I know for myself, I find it very helpful if somebody has uh, been through something or gone down a certain path, and then they've had a chance to reflect on that and meditate on that, and the Spirit of God has revealed some things to them. Uh, I, w- I want that information. I value that. Uh, I want to learn. I've never dismissed something because I haven't gone through that yet. Uh, I, I would just store it away, take it to heart, uh, meditate on that, and hang on to it. Because uh, if you haven't, uh, likely uh, you will at some point. Hebrews chapter 5 and uh, reading verse number 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. It's extraordinary to me that that statement would be made. Uh, it, is, uh, it is a pattern of God that we learn obedience through the things that we suffer. Uh, I'm sure that we probably uh, might prefer there would be a, another way. And I think sometimes there are other ways, uh, but there are some things uh, that you don't learn until you go through. And in that process of suffering, you see some things in yourself that you may not have seen. I think Job saw some things in himself. Uh, You see some things in God, and likely you'll see some things in the people around you as well. And uh, God uses those things. Uh, So I want to look at one of the things that he suffered, uh, one of the things that he went through. Uh, Matthew chapter number 26, and I'd like to uh, read here from verse 14. I, I know who's coming up to, to preach after me. And uh, I said to that, uh, that preacher, I said, they're probably going to get uh, depressed in my session. So you come after and fix it up. And uh, Matthew chapter number 14, one of the things he suffered, uh, one of the things that is common in leadership and common, regrettably, in serving the Lord. Verse 14, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver, and from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. In Matthew chapter 10, we read, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit on the subject of betrayal. 
if you're in the ministry or if you're in the business of serving the Lord, it is likely that this is going to visit you at some point if it has not already, and it may visit you on more than one occasion. And you need to understand it, and you need to to do your best to be Christ-like in your response to that uh, and to, to learn here uh, from what Jesus went through. It's amazing to me, and, and it, it, it's extraordinary to me that Judas would do such a thing. Uh, this, this was not, this was not John chapter six where, uh, from that time forth, many of his disciples walk with him no more. It wasn't that. Uh, this, this wasn't even, uh, Peter, uh, denying him. It wasn't that. This, this wasn't somebody just deciding to leave. This wasn't just someone deciding that they didn't want to be, uh, around Jesus anymore. It wasn't that. This was, this was somebody who made the decision to go to people who were wanting to kill Jesus. People who'd already decided we're going to kill him. And we want to kill him. I don't know if you've ever had anybody want to kill you. These people, and Judas knew that. And so when Judas went to them, he was going to them with the intent that you kill him. And you just you just have to wonder about the the depth of the evil of that. That that you have been with Jesus all this time, that he has loved you like no other. Uh, he's instructed you, he's cared for you, he's been aware of your uh, deficiencies. He's given great grace towards you. He called you. He selected you. You've seen him and had the opportunity to be around him like few people ever, ever will. The only perfect man that walked the earth. And Judas made the decision to give him to people who he knew were going to kill him. I talked to you this morning about betrayal. We're not above our master, and we're going to go through some things that he himself went through. I think in the ministry there are many difficulties. There are many good things as well. It's a, it's a privilege to serve the Lord, and uh, God uh, God bestows upon His servants many good good things. God is very kind, and uh, but uh, nonetheless the ministry presents itself with uh, certain difficulties. But I think. I think betrayal is the bitterest pill you may ever have to swallow. I think of all the things that can happen to you as a leader in the ministry, I think this one might be the worst. Uh, betrayal. Let's understand what it is. Be- be- betrayal is not disagreement. Uh, betrayal is not that you think somebody is just not supporting you the way they should. Uh, you-, you shouldn't use the word betrayal flippantly. You shouldn't just point to someone who, who maybe disagrees with you or, or verbalizes their disagreement or, or perhaps is a bit unkind to you. Uh, you shouldn't use the word betrayer. That's not a betrayer. That's a disagreement. 
And, uh, and even good people can disagree. Paul and Barnabas came to a, a point in their ministry where they just disagreed about some things. And uh, so we don't want to use the word betrayal flippantly. Uh, but what betrayal is, betrayal is the willful decision. The willful decision to seek the hurt and the ruin of one who loved and trusted you. That's what betrayal is. Judas was a betrayer. Uh, the Pharisees were not betrayers. They were antagonists. And uh, they were other things. But you wouldn't use the word betrayal. You see, for someone to be a betrayer, to betray you, they must have first feigned loyalty. They have to have first uh, uh, come in uh, feigned loyalty and, and got in close. And uh, you can mark it down that if you are to face this bitter pill, your betrayer will be somebody close to you. And there's a pattern with that. You can see Jesus and Judas, uh, David and Ahithophel, uh, my own familiar friend, uh, somebody in close. One in whom trust and responsibility was bestowed. And Judas was that. There is never any good reason, none, to betray somebody. There was certainly no reason here. There is is just absolutely no minimal justification for what Judas did here. This, this, this This is beyond just fallen humanity and... Uh, this is this is beyond just where we all have our problems. Uh, this this uh, this is a grievous, serious evil, and the strongest of words are reserved for the betrayer. Uh, I hope you've made a decision that no matter what you encounter with whom, you will never wear the cap of a betrayer. Uh, better uh, in humility, you just walk away. Uh, better you just suffer hurt. Better you just suffer loss. But there's never any reason, none, no matter. You say, well, you don't know what they did. It doesn't matter what they did. It never matters what they did. Betrayal is abhorrent to God. And uh, like I said, uh, it is just a, a grievous evil of which the most serious of words are reserved. Uh, Jesus would say about the betrayer, something he never said about anyone else. And uh, when you know who Jesus was, to just contemplate that he would even say that about someone just just shows you how bad this really must have been. Uh, and you can find that there in um, Matthew chapter 26, verse number 23. And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish... The same shall betray me. One can only wonder what, what Jesus was feeling about all this. Verse 24, the son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. And here it is, and he never said this about anyone else. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Uh, Jesus, who gave hope to everybody. Jesus, who gave help to everybody. Jesus, who never looked at someone and said, you're too bad. 
Jesus who would who would uh, intervene and and uh, and give forgiveness and even say her sins, which are many, are forgiven. That that was that was that's how Jesus. But about the betrayer, and only for this one, I reserve those words. It had been good for that man if he had never been born. We can only wonder uh, with a certain amount of terror about what awaits a betrayer. And I just want you to see how very seriously God looks at that. And uh, you, you say, well, I, you know, preacher, I've been the victim. Somebody's done it to me. We'll talk about that in a moment, how you should respond to that. But we ought to, every one of us, just decide this morning, that will never be me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I will, I, I will just, I, I don't want to wear that hat. I don't want to ever go down that road. Uh, I, 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 I don't want to ever commit such evil. And I'm, I'll never, ever do that by the grace of God. Deliver me. Uh, I'd rather leave, suffer loss, walk away, uh, lose everything. But I will not be a betrayer. And we better just decide that. Oh, I say, you don't know what they did. Doesn't matter what they did. Doesn't matter. There's nothing you can say what they did that justifies somebody being a betrayer. It is a grievous, serious evil in the sight of God. Now, if it's happened to you, and if you've been serving the Lord for long enough, you probably have tasted of this at some level. And it can have very damaging effects upon you. I've met people who have gone through this who just lose all will to continue on. Uh, um, uh, preachers who just, they just look shell-shocked. Uh, missionaries who will have encountered many other uh, great trials, uh, but when this one comes, will be just shaken to their core and shocked. And, uh, and a sense of fear can come because this seems to be so unexpected. Uh, that this one who was in close. And, uh, and that can lead to who else? Who, who's next? I, I didn't see it here. What else am I not seeing? Who, who else is there? And, uh, and that's, that's the, the effects that this thing can have on you, uh, when that takes place. It, it, it's beyond just the hurt that they plan to do to you. It's beyond just the, just, just their evil in, uh, affliction on you. It's beyond that. It's what it does to you when that happens and someone's in so close. The more you've loved, the more you can hurt. The more you invested in somebody, the greater ability that one has to wound you. Because you've already paid a cost, you've already put in so much. You, you, you to 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 have that turn is just something that can just shake many to their to their very inner core. I've met some who just have a desire then to leave the work, not just the betrayer, but to just walk away from the whole work. Uh, it can lead to a closer examination of those around you. 
because this has happened. Uh, when, when Judas brought all this on, you say, oh, Bereshim has prophesied, and I, I understand that, and, you, and that, that definitely is one window that you can view this, and, and that would be biblical. But uh, let me tell you, there were people on the ground going through really real things. Sure, that was, that, that's definitely right, but, but, but these people were living all that out. Uh, and, and going through all the upheaval of all that was happening. And uh, you'll see that when, when Jesus was betrayed and, and that the whole thing triggers on from there, it also revealed you some things about the people around you. And uh, was it not true they all fled? Was it not true that, that everybody was, was, was thrown into a certain turmoil with this? And uh, one, it's one of the things that can happen is that when you go through a betrayal, uh, you, you know, you can, you can, you can start to become uh, shy and, and, and nervous and cautious. I've heard preachers say, I'll never commit myself to anyone again. I'll never love like that again. I couldn't go through that again. And, uh, and, and they start to look at everybody around them. And, uh, and, and, and even if they don't think they're a betrayer, then they can lead to, they weren't there for me. When this happened to me, they, they weren't there. Uh, and, and, and that's the, that's where this can take you. And, uh, and that's, this is part of what makes it such a bitter, a bitter pill to take hold of. I remember there was a, a day, there was a man in our church and, and, uh, years ago that, and, and I'm gonna say, we didn't always see eye to eye on some things. And, uh, and I, I, I'd made some comments and, and, uh, <clears throat> a day came where, uh, he said to me, uh, this was many years ago. He said, uh, I want to meet with you and I want to meet with the deacons and, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to accuse you of some things. And I said, uh, okay. So, uh, we, uh, I remember that meeting and, and, uh, and I already knew there was really no substance to anything that the, the accusations were going to be things like, you don't like me. And that was true. And, uh, and some other things. And so, um, so we, uh, we, uh, we got together in the office and I was sitting there and I remember there was uh, four of my deacons there and I mean good men, good men, good loyal men, men who had uh, journeyed with me, uh, men who I had no doubt about their love, their commitment to me, uh, no doubt about their commitment to our church and, uh, and I, I had no uh, apprehension about them hearing anything that, that would be said, uh, I knew there was nothing. I sat there, the, the men sat there, and, and uh, that man came into my office, and he was ready, and he sat down, and, and he didn't look at me. Uh, he began to address the deacons, and uh, likely his intent was, you know, he was going to kind of bypass me and try to, you know, get them to, I don't know, do whatever, but, but he was making his case, and uh, so he was doing that, and and then he uh, he uh, brought in a, a witness, which was his daughter, and uh, and he said, uh, you know, he said, uh, tell him uh, what uh, what the pastor said, and uh, she said something like, oh, the pastor said to me he doesn't like my dad, and I went, yeah, I did say that, and I shouldn't have said that, but but I said that, and so uh, uh, you know, and, and it was kind of all that sort of thing. Now, the end of it was. The end of it was, I sat there, and as all this was going on and these things were being said, and it was kind of unpleasant, and there was a lot of uh, nastiness. This, 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 
This was not, this was not in the category of a betrayal. This, it was not that. Uh, but these were just some, some, some things that were being said. And I sat there and I was waiting for my good, loyal men to speak up. And I thought, I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to answer this. I'm going to allow them to answer it for me. And so I sat there and the more he said and the more he said, and I was looking at them. I was looking at him. I was looking at them. And they were doing this. And I was looking at them. And they didn't say anything. And it was done. And and uh, and he left. And I looked at them. And they just said something like, Oh, Pastor, we know that's not true. And And, 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 and they went. Here's what happened. What disturbed me more was not the person making the accusations. I knew there was nothing to that. What disturbed me more was I felt there had been a failure of those who said they loved me at that time. And, and I began to think about that and that began to work on me. And I began to think things like after all these years, and I begin to think things like, and, and as close as we are, and you sat there and you just allowed all that to be said. And I hope, by the way, you would never entertain listening to someone pour scorn and accusation on your pastor. I hope you would understand that if you listen to that, you are a participant. I hope you would understand that. And so uh, they begin to... And, I, and that began to work on me, and it brought me very close to the point. It wasn't, it wasn't the person doing the accusation. It was the others, the people I loved, people who loved me. It brought me very close to the point where I thought, I'm going to go. I'm done. If this is it, if this is what we have, if this is it, I'm going to go. And just, just it all, you know how that goes. You just start to take me on a journey, and, uh, and I begin to just feel profoundly disappointed and and I began to question maybe what we did have and what I thought we had. And, and it just kind of led me on a, a certain path there. And uh, finally, I, I, I did get them in. I brought them back in. And it was a few days after. And I said, look, I'm just going to just say some things here. I said, somebody came in and they said a whole lot of things here. And you men, you just sat there quietly. And they looked at me. I said, you didn't say anything. And I said, you, you, and I explained to them how that made me feel and the effect that that had upon me. And there was four of them. And the four of them began to weep. And they said, Pastor, we didn't know what to do. We were looking to you to lead us. We were looking to you like, what should we do? We, 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 we felt like we were just kind of in your office under your, we, we, we didn't know what to do. And that was the truth. That was the truth. They just, they, 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 they were close. They, they were, they were people who loved me. They, they were people who were loyal. But what I'm saying is that when, when this kind of thing visits you, and certainly if it's at the level of betrayal, it not only makes you look at the betrayer, but it starts to make you examine the people around you. Good people, where you start to maybe cast doubt on their commitment as well. Or, uh, or and, and that's, that's the, that's the bad effect if you let this thing get hold of you. 
You can do yourself in. Now, you, your betrayer is limited by the hand of God. Your betrayer can do nothing more to you than God would allow to happen. Likely, your fear will do more to you than the betrayer. Uh, likely, the real damage is that you self-inflict. The real damage is you do yourself in over this. And uh, so we need to, to understand how to handle that. Uh, number one is this betrayal cannot be reasoned out. Though you'll try. You'll, you'll sit and think, what, what did I do? What should I have done? Uh, was there a, where did I fail? Or a, hang on, hang on, I, maybe I should have seen this at this point. And, and you'll go through this reasoning out. This, you, you can't reason out anything about, about this man betraying Jesus. There's nothing reasonable about this. There's nothing, there's nothing to find because there's nothing there because Jesus was faultless. He didn't do anything. There's no logic to it. But you'll seek logic. You'll try and work it out and you, you know, what happened? And, and was I, was it my sight or what did I do or, and, uh, and you, you start to go through that. But, but there is no reason many times, many times. The reason is there's a devil. The reason is that you are being opposed in the work of God by principalities and powers and, and an unseen hand and a darkness. And that's the reason. You, you, you don't have to have done anything. You know, we, 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 we're a bit like I read last night. If something's happening to me, was it my sin? Was it, was it the sin of somebody else? And, and we still have difficulty comprehending the fact that, that we learn obedience through suffering. When suffering comes, we think, what happened? Why is this here? What, what do I do? And you can't reason this out. And so you have to, you have to determine, uh, how then do you respond to that? Because, uh, it will likely happen to you. Now, I don't want you to go home from the conference and suddenly meet the people close to you and like, uh. You know, and you start looking at everybody. Maybe that's the one. Maybe, maybe that's the one. You, 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 you don't want to do that. But it's probably going to visit you. And it's probably, and it may have already. And if it has already, I don't need to convince you how bitter experience that is. If you've gone through this, it's, I, 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 I don't have to tell you what it makes you feel. But you need to know what do you do? A, you must not try to overcome evil with evil. Romans 12, 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil is overcome with good. That's not just an academic truth. You have to practice that. And uh, now, now you won't feel like that. You won't, you won't feel like what you, what you might feel like doing is responding in countermeasure. What you might feel like doing is going and examining your arsenal about what you can do. That's what you might feel like doing, but you don't overcome it that way. In fact, you just inflate it and make it a whole lot worse when you do that. And you have to, you, you, you've got to be Christ-like in this. And uh, you, you, you've got to understand, you can't defeat evil by being evil. You say, but it's just, it's wrong. Oh, it is. So it's just of the devil. Oh, absolutely. 
So Brother Shemish is appalling. I, I know. But you won't defeat that by being evil yourself. You overcome evil by doing good. So what do you mean? You do good to your betrayer. Oh, I, I don't think I could do that. You have to. You do good to others. In, in fact, I just have a policy that when evil visits me, that just triggers me to determine I'm going to do some more good. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go out there and find more good to do. I, I'm going to have, I'm just going to look for ways to be more good today, to help more people today, to do something more today. You don't overcome evil by being evil. You overcome evil with good. And that's what Jesus did. He gave him the honored sop. He gave it to him. Mm. Well, that's Christ-like. Mm. Yes. That's what you do. So what are you doing? You're putting yourself in the position where God can go to work for you. But when you act evil, when you do wrong, when you do the same as your betrayer, you'll stop God working for you. You you then are at fault also. And so the way you get God, and David understood this with the Shimei thing, the way you get God to go to work for you is when evil comes to you, you respond with good. Now, you're not doing it for the person. And if you look at the person, you won't do it. But if you keep your eye on God, and if you'll understand like David did, I know how God works. I know. Shimei is not thinking about God. Shimei is just in the flesh. He's going to say things. He's going to lie. He's going to throw rocks. He's he's just going to rebel against authority. He's That's him. But I know how God is. And if I respond the right way, it could be, that God will requite me good for this. And when evil comes to you, that's your opportunity to respond by doing good. You blow it when you respond in the flesh. You lose it. God's positioning you for blessing. God's positioning you for more. But when you, when you respond in the flesh and you get evil yourself, you just, you just miss it, you blow it, you lose it. And so you, you don't overcome evil by being evil yourself. You don't sit and then and, and make plotting and planning of what you're going to do to your betrayer. And uh, you don't conspire against him, though he conspired against you. And it'll visit you. You can, you can be sure Satan will make a few suggestions to you about what you could do to him and, uh, and, and how you could damage him. And some of them will be quite ingenious. And you'll think, yeah, that's a good one. That would do it. And uh, the idea is to plant that in you, to encourage you to do the same. You see, the devil plays a dual role, a uh, tempter and then accuser. He he wears two hats. He tempts you and says, you should do it. You know, you do it, do it. And then as soon as you do it, he says to God, look what he did. Look what he did. You can't bless that. Look what he did. And that's always what he does. It's those dual hats. And things will come to you. Oh, I, I could do this and I could do this. And that's the point that you, you really got to draw near to the Lord and, and just, just get the heart of Christ and, and the mind of Christ. And, and he gave Judas the, 
the honored sop, and he called him friend. Oh, you see, I could think of a lot different names than that, yeah. But he called him friend. And that's what you have to do. You can't beat this thing by being the same. You, you, you'll cause God to pull back, and you need God more than ever. When that goes on, you, you need God, because there's some things that only God can fix. You need God to go to work for you. You don't want to, you don't want to default or disqualify yourself. So God said, no, you're the same. You didn't do the same thing, but that's the same spirit. I'm not going to bless that. And you have to make a decision. You can try to fight it yourself or would you rather God take care of it? You, you want to try to take care of it or would you rather God take care of it? And if you want God to take care of it, then you do good. You do good to your betrayer. You do good to the family of your betrayer. You keep your heart right. You, 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 don't, you don't allow your own heart to become evil and think bad things and, and treat somebody bad. You know, I've met people who treat somebody's kids bad because they don't like the parents. And that's just wicked. That's wrong and that's just wicked and you're just as bad as they are when you do that. You don't do that. Friend, the honored sop. You should neither blame God nor yourself when it happens. Jesus answered them, John chapter 6, Have not I chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? Didn't, didn't I pick you? But, but one of you is a devil. Or if this happened to Jesus, who was faultless, who didn't call it wrong, he didn't make a bad choice in the selection of that person, he didn't appoint the wrong person, wasn't like there was something there that he should have seen that he didn't see, it was none of that. It gets back to what I say before, this is beyond reason. This is, this is not, and so you shouldn't blame yourself. Oh, I, 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 you know, I should have seen this. You can't see things that are not there to be seen. It's very presumptuous to think that everything that happens to you, if you just had a little more foresight, you could have headed that off. There are some things we suffer. There's nothing Job could have done to head his off. There was factors at play that were way beyond his understanding. What he needed to do was just submit himself to God. And so, so don't blame yourself. Don't go through all of that. There might be some lessons you'll learn, but don't blame yourself and don't blame God. Oh, God, how you how you allow this to happen? God, you knew this. You could have showed me. You, you knew. You knew when I picked him. He was like this. Why did you let it go on all this time? And now this. And you can blame God. Why? why and the world does that. Oh, the tsunamis are all God's fault and... The earthquakes are all God's fault and the parasites are all God's fault and, and every, every evil person, whoever, it's all God's fault. So I, I never do that, but you, but you can do it that way. Oh God, why didn't you stop this? Why, why didn't you show me? Why, 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 why'd you let it go this far? God, can't you see what this is going to do to the church and this is going to do to my family? And I don't understand that. And you don't go down that road. You don't blame yourself. You don't blame God. You just understand that there's just some things 
that are part of being Christ-like and entering into his sufferings that are going to visit you. And your focus is on what you ought to do, not why they came. Submit to God for the outcome. Remember David prayed about the counsel of Ahithophel, that God would just turn it to foolishness. And, uh, and, and, and David didn't put a call through to Ahithophel. David didn't get into that. He just, he, he's, here he is just going up over the hill and it looks really bad. And he just, and somebody says Ahithophel's with him. And that was just like, I mean, Absalom, okay, my son. But Ahithophel, oh. All the times we were together, all the. But he just prayed, God, please just turn that counsel to foolishness. And in doing that, you're just submitting yourself to the hand of God. And that's what you have to do. Your instinct will be to fight, your instinct will be to handle it in the flesh. And, and, and that you, you will not succeed. And not only that, if you do that, it may be needful for this to visit you again because you didn't get the lesson. And if you've been through it once, you know you, you do not send out invitations. You don't want this thing happening again. It's, it's very, very hurtful. Submit yourself to God. Pray first. You go to God. You, before you get down and, and you say, God, he's this and they did this and, and Lord, look what they've done. And, and, and before you do that, you search yourself and you just humble yourself before God. And, 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 and if you have any sin, it, I mean, it may not be unrelated, you just, you just humble yourself before God. And God will be your defense and God will be your shield. And God will take care of it. And God will do what you can't do if you will respond the right way. Now, again, I'm going to say you're not, want, you're not going to want to do this. You're going to want to start to count the numbers. You're going, to, you're going to want to be political rather than Christian. And you have to resist that. Because that's, that's not the realm that we work in. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. And so, so yield yourself to God, uh, submit to God for the outcome, stay right in your conduct towards that person, uh, make sure the way you speak is godly and courteous, and if they're yelling at you on the phone, you just, and I, I, look, numbers of us have been through these things. You just, okay. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. And they're accusing you and accusing you and, and lying and stuff's coming up on the internet and, and, and you know, it's going to come to you. To, I got to respond to that. I, I got to answer that. I got to just submit yourself to God. It's in God's hands. By our own master, we stand or we fall. By our master. Keep working with the other people you have. Uh, even if you feel, well, maybe they should have been more here for me. Uh, the danger is that the betrayal of one can ruin the relationships of many. 
And you, you, don't, you don't want that to happen. You've got to keep going. You don't want to be looking at everybody with a suspicious eye. Uh, you don't want to be thinking. And, and hurt will cause you to, things come up when you're deeply hurt. And then maybe you say, you know, I can handle it for me, but what this did to my family. What this, what this did to my kids. And you, and you see that hurt. And you want to, things will come up. Be careful. Be careful. Don't start destroying the relationships around you because of one Judas. There still are 11 good men there. Oh, oh, you say they fled. Yeah, well, they just, they stumbled. But it'll come to good. What you've put in them, what God has put in them will come to good. And not only that, you know, the betrayer surprised you, but he didn't surprise God. And there was an unknown factor coming, somebody who's going to be called Paul, that would be a whole lot better than somebody who was called Judas Iscariot. And, and, and that was well taken care of. And that did not seem to be in the present picture, but it was all, God always knew. It was all there. God will take care of it. Allow it to humble you. Uh, by all means, acknowledge it hurt you. But continue to do the thing God has tasked you to do. Uh, make new memories. You know what happens is you, you replay, and if you've done this, you replay scenarios in your head. You can hear conversations exactly as they were said to you. And they just, they're like on a loop. They just, just keep going over and over again. And, uh, and that's what can happen. You've got to move on. You've got to make new memories. You know, no matter how much you think, some of us think more than others, but no matter how much you think, your ability to entertain thoughts, has a, it's a limited number. And the, and the idea is if there's a lot of things there that are troubling and disturbing to you, you start to crowd them out. You start to put in good thoughts, good memories, good things, and you push, you push it out because there's a limited capacity to how much you can think anyway. And if you choose to think the right things, then you know the passage in Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Well, he wasn't. Yeah, but what things are? What things are? Well, he wasn't true, but there are true things. There, there, are, there are honest things. Whatsoever things are just. Nothing just about him. Yeah, but there's a, there is some good just things. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, there is some. If there be any praise, think on these things. A purpose to, uh, to fill your mind uh, with such things. And uh, God, God will get you through. And uh, when you get through, you'll just realize you've now been through something that was very similar to what Jesus went through. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Judas was very destructive and very hurtful, but he was an exception. It's not an often repeated event, and uh, you just you just have to be careful. Sometimes we just have to embrace that suffering when it comes, and uh, just just it's it's God's way. God uses those things. God uses it to bring out Christ likeness in you. I read it at the beginning, the servant is not greater than the master. 
if it was okay for Jesus to go through that, you're going to have to go through that with as well. Make no room for bitterness in your heart. Overcome evil with good. Finally, it's not your place to exact anything on Judas. Judas will go to his own place. And God will take care of that. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the things we see in our Savior. Lord, I I want to be more like Jesus. I really do. I want to think like he thought. I, I want to have his heart, his eyes. I want to try to have something with you like he had. I want to try to respond the right way when suffering visits. And I pray that you'd help us. And I just pray we'd be mindful of some of these truths. And God, uh, give us the strength, give us the grace. Uh, fill us with the spirit of God that we may, may be like thee. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.